Hey friends, real quick, just wanted to let you know that today's podcast is being sponsored by 25 Transportations and Solutions. That's 25 Transportation and Solutions, spelled T-W-E-N-T-Y, the number 5, I-V-E. They provide five-star logistics services for the Mid-Atlantic region. So if you're in need of quality transportation delivery services that you can depend on, getting your freight to and from its destination all safe and secure, please contact 25 Transportation and Solutions by emailing them at info at 25.org. That's info, I-N-F-O, at 25, T-W-E-N-T-Y, the number 5, I-V-E dot org, or calling them at 240-479-6376. See you out on the road. Now let's get into today's episode of the Truth and Coffee Time podcast. Hey friends, welcome to the Truth and Coffee Time podcast with Diverse Love. I am Denise. And I'm Brian. Get your coffee or whatever your cup of joy is and settle in for some bold conversations, some random topics, a few cuss words, and a whole lot of us. Brian, let's go. Hello, Mr. Brian. How's it going? It's going. How are you doing, Miss Lady? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How's everyone doing out there? We are back for another episode, a little deep episode, but you know how we do. How do we do? <laughs> <laughs> we might we might be a little lighthearted on one episode and then come back and be, you know, get real all deep and, you know, all philosophical and, you know. It's just topics. <laughs> they just topics, man. It's just topics. Well, what's, what are we talking about? What are we talking about today? I don't know how you worded it. What is it? It's, we're talking about can you get PTSD from a toxic parent? Uh, we're parents and grandparents. and All our kids has got PTSD because <laughs> I'm a toxic mother. They're, they're all neurotic. Dysfunctional. That's from travel. That's that, that. That's that. That's that. Pick you up and move every three years in the military and make them all sensitive. Okay, if you say so. That could be PTSD too. It could be because you know, all those traveling freshman, and freshman, sophomore year, and then boom, we move, and then you got to do your junior, senior somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That could be. That could be traumatic. It could be traumatic. Very traumatic. What are you drinking tonight? Let's go ahead and talk about that. Oh, the coffee already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about that. I'm uh, drinking Carlos Baker Shop, and it it's is It's not the, from Infusio, is it? That's what the name of the company oh is. Oh, my God. And then, no, Infusio isn't it. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Carlos go ahead, go Baker ahead. Shop, uh-huh. and it's hazelnut biscotti. Ooh. Biscotti is, is um, the little hard... Um, 
type bread or Italian biscuits. Is that what it is, right? Um, I have um, pumpkin spice latte, latte from Starbucks. So nothing you know, there's fancy. a whole there's a nothing whole movement fancy. about killing that pumpkin spice. Mm. I don't know why though. Why people hating on the pumpkin spice? We just did an episode about people hating. I think there's a true hate on that pumpkin spice. I really do. Yeah, what's, what's the that, issue? What's, what's, what's the dude's name? Um, Gary V. Gary V. hates it. He don't hate pumpkin spice. He's just saying that there's a movement on pumpkin spice, and if you have a big enough brand, you could just say anything and people will go buy it. That's what he's saying. It ain't that he hates on pumpkin spice. Pumpkin spice. Whatever, man. That's not Gary V is my man. I love him. Did I ever tell you? Uh, do you, did I ever tell you I met him in New York? And he was such a humble oh, yeah, you did. and very cool guy. We was at a, right before COVID. Right before COVID hit, I think it was around November, December, because Christmas lights and everything was up in New York, and it was beautiful. And I was there on a business trip, and we were going into this um, restaurant, and it was super crowded. And so we were waiting to be seated and I was standing there and I don't know why, but I was standing there reevaluating myself. I was looking around at everyone and I was seeing all the different people and all the different conversations. And and I was standing there going, Lord, am I in the right place? Am I doing the right thing? And, you know, our our numbers is fours. That's, you know, our our numbers, you know. And I, as soon as I start reevaluating myself and thinking uh, about me and was I in the right position, I turned around to look outside the door and there was this, this guy standing out there, back turned, and he had a jersey on and the jersey had fours in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, God, I got you. I got the sign. And I know that sounds corny, but, you know, we look for those those signs in this 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 universe, this energy. Mm-hmm. And when he turned around and came in, it was Gary Vee. Okay. And I walked up to him and I introduced myself and he was just as pleasant and as nice and as kind as he could possibly be and um, it just made it even, you know, nicer to to have met him, and we chatted just a small bit. But the kicker is when he was getting ready to leave the restaurant, he made a point to because we happened to be leaving around the same time. And when he was leaving the restaurant, he made a, a point to walk up to me and tell me it was nice to meet me, and you know, you know, good luck on your journey or whatever. Um, because that's when we were just starting to do the Diverse Love platform. Right. And and I was questioning it, you know, should we do this? Should we put ourselves out there like that? And um, he made a point to come to, to me as we were leaving the restaurant to to say goodbye and good luck on our journey, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I'm just super nice guy. Super, super nice guy. Um, so Gary V, it ain't about the pumpkin spice. He's just trying to make a point. Pumpkin Traumatic spice syndrome. <laughs> well, you know, in 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 the next few weeks, we might be trying a new coffee from um, this uh, local small business uh, black-owned shop called Black Nerd Coffee. So I haven't gotten the coffee yet, but they did reach out to us um, on social media mm-hmm. uh, about their coffee. So I'm gonna be getting some of that coffee for us to try. And then um, our friend in Dallas, our close friend, Miss Shantae, as you call her, she's going to be sending us some coffee Shantae. from Shantae. you stay. <clears throat> she's going to be sending us some coffee from Texas 
for us to try. She said her mama swear this coffee is the best coffee in the world. So okay. I can't wait to try it so we can we can uh, give her the verdict on what we think about it. Do Miss Shantae, do she even drink coffee? I'm 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 guessing she does. She, she said it's good. She said, said it's said really it's good. good. And she said her mom said it is the she said her mom she said her mom drives her crazy about um getting that coffee for her and it's not one of those it's local i believe because she has to go to the market and get it so i'm very very um excited about receiving this shipment of coffee and for for you guys out there if you want us to try your coffee and talk about it on our podcast please feel free to to send us some coffee we don't turn down coffee y'all know that's our thing we don't turn it down i'm doing the coffee dance right now you can't see Uh-oh. me but Uh-oh. you know uh, i'm doing uh, 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 uh. uh doing the coffee dance <laughs> the coffee dance well the topic is can you get ptsd from a toxic parent what do you think mr b start us off kick us off with this very I'm, I'm, i believe you can <clears throat> That's the end. That's but, it. No, Wrap it up. No, That's it. That's it. Mr. We B gone. says he, we be, he believes we can and we done. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there's some there's some ratchet, ratchet ass parents out there doing some ratchet ass stuff. I had I had one. Kids. I had two of them. Yeah. So, hey, and they were worse when they were separated. So, yeah. But as they grow older, as they grew older, they reckon with their ratchet ways and. Not my dad, but my mother did. <laughs> um, yeah. I, all right. PTSD. Let mm-hmm. me give you a. Oh, this also falls in line with the um, with the hating from last time. You asked yeah, me yeah, that yeah. if I ever hated. I said, eh, I don't know. This and that. But all right. So my I'm about mother, to learn something new, y'all. No. I love You this. was there during this. Oh, shit. Because uh, look, <laughs> <laughs> you were laughing at me. So. My mother raised my nephew because my... Because he had a ratchet toxic mom. Yeah. (laughs) And she wasn't... She His... My sister wasn't in her son's life at the time. Mm -hmm. But, um... Or never got in his life. But he was getting a party and he had... A uh, snow cone machine. I remember uh, a DJ. candy. <laughs> uh, DJ uh, jump houses. House, yeah. and, you know, mm-hmm. all these different things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell? Yeah, you did. And I told her, I was like, he don't need all this. Why he need all this? Yeah. You was I know if he... If I, you, I, was, you were... In your late thirties, forties, and you no, were it was ch- in my that was in my early thirties. But and I said, "Honey, why are you jealous over this little?" I ain't get it. <laughs> why he get it? Hating, you know what I'm saying? Just hating. But it was rooted in the hurt that you had felt from your childhood from her, though. Uh, Let's just get to the to the to the the root of it, though. I know, but if you look back, I mean, she did. She would have because of the life she lived. Would she have done that for you if she had the money back then? Do you think? Yeah, probably. The kind of person she was? But so the financial was, means was different. The financial <laughs> means, her outlook on life, like, uh, I don't know. Ain't nobody need all that. It ain't about, but you know, celebrations are not about what you need. No, no, no. I'm you saying know? everybody don't need, that's just like <clears throat> somebody buying their child a pony, but ain't got no pastor to put the pony in. I mean, what the hell you got a pony for? Yeah. I get, I get what you're saying. I understand that. 
But do you feel like that that was traumatic enough for you? Because those it wasn't are... traumatic. I'm just saying the traumatic. My childhood mm-hmm. was so traumatic. Yeah. And was different mm-hmm. that that sparked up something in me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. It's a scar but, that right. seems to never heal. But, I mean, I had nothing against the youngin. But I know if he would have seen me talking to... No, you was talking so much shit. He'd have been like, day. yo, Unc, why you... <laughs> what? Why, why you hating on why me, you son? you hating on me? <laughs> well, you know what? I, it's something... You know, it's really, it's really, really um, strange in a way because even the smallest thing can cause a, a bit of PTSD of things that you learn from your parents. And I'm not saying that, that those things are coming from either, either a toxic or a ratchet parent, as we say, in, in jest. But um, my grandmother and grandfather raised me. And so my mother was never in the picture. And, she, and when she was in the picture, she was very toxic. And she was a habitual liar. And she had a bit of a, a split personality or a, or a bipolar personality, and she utilized drugs and alcohol to, you know, numb whatever it was that she had went through in her life. But something as simple as, and you know this from me today, here it is, I'm half of a hundred or more, and I still do this, but something as simple as my grandmother would not allow us to drink at Mm-hmm. the dinner table while we were eating because she felt like if we drink something, we'll get too full and we won't eat our meal. So she would not allow us to drink. We had to literally eat our whole meal without drinking. And that has resonated with me my whole life. And even to this day, today I was eating a salad, a huge salad because that was my dinner. And it had led, uh, romaine lettuce and cabbage and tomatoes, and I had cauliflower on it. I had my vegan chicken on it, um, my vegan cheese and cranberries. I mean, it was just uh, just a pimped out salad, mm-hmm. you know, with my champagne um, vinaigrette dressing. And I ate that entire salad and did not drink anything until I was done. And it it hit me when I was done eating that salad. I was like, man, I didn't even touch my water. Uh Then I had a water bottle there and I didn't even touch the water. And immediately the first thing I thought about is my grandmother saying to me, you better not touch that that drink until you eat all of that food. And I feel like sometimes I could be choking on bread. But I got to finish it before I drink anything. And I feel like that's a form of PTSD. And you may think, you know, parents and grandparents or whatever, who whoever that parental figure is, did the best that they could for you. Um, but some things you never forget. And some things tend to scar you just a little bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. So, so those are the smaller things. Now, there are some bigger traumatic things as well. Everything from... My mother going back to the person she felt was her friend and got murdered. And then after that, Mm -hmm. every phone call came in. We have to silence our phone. It was like it was like if if I got a phone call after a certain hour, Mm -hmm. the whole world was ending. Yeah. And it could have been someone just saying, hey, what's up? Yeah. You know, so because I had got phone calls from from police officers and stuff like that. Mm hmm. And, you know, you don't have to be a toxic parent to raise a kid who becomes a toxic parent. 
we deal with situations now where all of our kids are parents except for one and they tend to cross that line you know of toxic toxicity or or something that they do that may potentially traumatize their kid and we as their parents we try to teach them or advise them because we know what we've been through but eventually if they don't listen they have to tow their own rope and try to figure figure it out but some parents like I when I was growing up I knew some parents who utilized their kids for financial means in the manner of putting their light bill in their (laughs) names and put in their 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 rent in their names and those kids grew up and had horrible credit before they even was able to buy anything right you know and they had to fight it was like their their parents stole their identity you know and and they grew up in that way um with me my biological mother thank god for my grandparents but even that was traumatic because I had a grandmother who was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I had a grandfather who was never there because he mm-hmm. was a hustler. But my mother was a drug addict. And I can remember being as young as 11, 12 years old and watching her, you know, take drugs, mm-hmm. shoot herself up. Mm-hmm. I had no clue what it was. I was young. I did not know what drugs was. And I remember asking her, about it and she said oh mom needs to take her medicine in my mind i i associated medicine with hospital doctors you get better mm-hmm. you, you understand what i'm saying it wasn't until i was like 13 or 14 that i found out what it really was and here i am now much 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 older and i still can see that day as if it happened yesterday and it still brings me to tears it still gives me chills. Mm-hmm. It still hurts my feelings. I was only 10 or 11 years old, and I sit here today thinking, could I have helped her? Right. Could I have done something or said something to mm-hmm. her to make her not want to do that? Because that the, the abusive lifestyle she lived eventually was her demise. It eventually took her out of here. Yeah, that's, that's, that was her choice. My, um, it was her choice, but here I am, her kid. Now I'm suffering the bag, mm-hmm. you know, from the baggage. I get it. I get it. My mom was a functional drunk. I mean, she wouldn't get drunk during the during the week when she had to work. But on the weekend, I I can remember. And this is back in the day, being 13, 14 years old, going down to whatever club she was in and driving her car home. And one time I got pulled over by the police and it being, it's not that it was a small town, but everybody knew everybody, mm-hmm. you know, in wherever you lived. And they allowed me to drive her home. I got pulled over maybe, I was 14, 15 years old, mm-hmm. and I got pulled over about four blocks from the house. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I will follow you. They still ticketed me. I still had to go to court. But it was like he had to get, I guess, back then, I mm-hmm. mean, go home. I, but we as parents, Brian, But see, that's traumatic. That, it for, is. For a child. For a child. But things like that. And then when I went into the military, I had came home from college. And when I went to the military, then she wanted to get her act together. Yeah, because when I met you, you were not speaking to your mom. 
And I I didn't understand that because I longed to have a relationship with my mom so much. And and because I I felt like as a child, I was raising my mom instead of my mom raising me. And I stayed with her when my mom and dad got a divorce because I was figured like if I go live with my dad, I don't know how she's going to be able to do it by herself. Mm -hmm. But once again, that's that's the child being pressured into trying to keep up that that parent. Yeah, but no child should be put in the position to have to take care of their parent. And I don't mean like a sick parent because that's completely different. No. Sickness and illnesses, diseases are not in the parent's well, alcoholism control. Alcoholism is a sickness and a disease. That's true. But I, I think I'm maybe I'm talking about more medical. Yeah, no, no, um, I, I get it. So I understand that in, you know, a child will have to step in. Tiffany has, ha- has had to step in for me, you know, before. But um, parent who deliberately takes drugs or alcohol or or live a, uh, a sexual... Um, put your kids in harm's way. Yeah, you're putting your kids in, harm way, in harm's way. That is very traumatic for the kid. And, and a few things could happen. That kid could somehow get hurt in the demise of what you're doing because mm-hmm. you're maybe bringing strangers around and mm-hmm. those strangers could possibly do something to the child. I'm a living witness to yeah. it. Yeah, if or, you bring a lot, if you're if you're a female and you're and you're a parent and you're bringing in a lot of men into mm-hmm. the house, you know, you don't know what you they're don't doing know. to the, to your you children. You have no idea. Or or you know, that child could see the way you're living and think that that's normal and then that child grows up to be exactly mm-hmm. like you. And where you have now grown and grew and you know that your lifestyle was not the best, but now your child has picked up on that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the child is 10 times worse than what you really were. Right. You know, we as parents, we owe, we have an obligation to do, to be our best self. Uh, and we should want to be, you know, especially when it, in regards, when it comes to our child. Now, I, and like I said, I know that there are mental illnesses and you know, there is, is alcoholism and there is, is drug. And, you know, some people, this life is just too much for them. They feel everything. Um, I have a, a Kamisha, my close friend and colleague, we have conversations about this, like even with, with, with our daughter, about how life just engulfs her. It's just too much for her. And God saw fit for her to have kids. And she's gifted with the most beautiful kids, you know, ever. But sometimes life just overwhelms her, you know, and as a single parent, you need a village with you. You need a support group, you know. Mm. Um, But we as parents, we definitely can cause um, trauma to your kid. I mean, there are things right now that I say to you, our duty or or we talk about it and and you'll look at me and I'll say, "I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When I was growing up, that happened to me and I just can't I can't deal with that. Um, Yeah, I agree. I guess the biggest thing coming up as a child, you look to be protected. Absolutely. Right. And sometimes... And the child looks to the parents for that protection. But sometimes the child, just because they love their mom or they love their dad, or if you're in a household where both your parents are there, they tend to not see the danger through the love. 
Mm-hmm. They try. They're trying to get the love from the parent, and they they're never reaching it because of whatever demons the parent has, mm-hmm. or if they're a toxic parent, whatever they put on that child. If mm-hmm. it be if they're abusive, if and being abusive just doesn't have to be being beat on. Mm-hmm. It be could be verbal. Mentally, verbally, it could be mental. Mm-hmm. You know. So mm-hmm. if they're being abused in that way. It's not good. It's going to cause something that that child takes into their parenthood when they become parents. Like for me, mm-hmm. I always wanted to give my kids what I didn't have yeah. and I didn't have that much. Yeah. But that doesn't work either because if you give them, if you try to give them the world like everything and there's no, there's no, ca- like no boundaries say, or like no cause and effect Mm. like they have to Mm -hmm. work to get Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. whatever that might be and and we're not talking about labor working it could be something as simple do your schoolwork yeah Mm -hmm. make sure that you're Mm -hmm. make sure that you're Mm -hmm. you know present and 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 doing the best that you can and helping helping your your household Mm -hmm. the ecosystem is Mm -hmm. your household Mm -hmm. uh uh, lending a helping hand watching your sister uh uh, watching your brother, mm-hmm. helping with the dishes, you know, yeah. helping with just just regular day to day from sweeping to, to vacuum to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, that right there in itself is payment for whatever you're going to give them. Yeah. But I, I feel like as a parent, sometimes if you didn't have it, you hand it out, but you hand it out in vain because you didn't allow them to work for it. Yeah. That's and awesome. then it, and then it turns around to where they only call you now for what they need. Right. Yeah. Got to learn when when to say no as well. Yeah. And parents, we have as parents, you have such a hard job yeah. because you have another little human that you're in charge of. So now you're not just in charge of yourself, but you're in charge of this this other little human. And this little human, you're starting to mold them and. Mm-hmm. And grow them and and send them off into this world with a lot of of your ideologies and and you know mm-hmm. what you believe in. Um, I had a conversation again with with um, a colleague um, who's in Dubai, and we were she was reminding me that a lot of times when when a baby a child is born, they're already born with the energy. They're already born with their set energy, and what we do. As their parents, we kind of mold them a little bit and shape them a little bit, but they already have that energy, you know, on what they're coming into this world with. And sometimes that's hard for you to for you to for that to sink in Mm -hmm. because you just want your child to be the best. Like we've never forced our kids to go to college or anything like that. We wanted them to. We wanted them to get the best education possible. But we also wanted them to make sure that they were present and accounted for in their best self in this world. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know if we did everything right or wrong. Sometimes we do everything right. Yeah. Sometimes I look at you when I'm praying and I'm like, we really screwed that child up. I don't know what in the world we were thinking. No, we ain't really but we didn't up. screw them up. They got to come up. They, they just gotta, they got to meet. They just made their own choices, or they allowed outside influences to I, to come in. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, with with Amina, my granddaughter, 
when she was younger, she still to this day mm-hmm. thinks the ceiling fan is a spaceship. Cause yeah, like, because that's is what that you abuse? Tell her. I'd be like, spaceship, point yeah. up at it, and now she calls now all the ceiling all fans the ceiling spaceships. Fans. Even when we go out. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you know, that formative years. I can tell you something. I, mean, I can tell you something that was very traumatic for, for me that came from my, my toxic mother. Um, when I was very young, very young, um, she came to visit. Remember I told you my grandmother was uh, raising me. My grandparents raised me. And she came to visit. And I believe I may have been eight, seven or eight years old. And she came to visit. She was living in St. Louis at the time. My mm-hmm. mother, my biological mother. She came to visit us. And she took me. And she took me without my grandmother's permission. And so when she took me, she took me to where she was living in St. Louis. And she told me on the trip, um, driving up there, that she lived with roommates and that we were going to have fun and, you know, we was going to have this mother-daughter relationship. And I remember this. I was seven or eight years old, a little skinny, frail kid. And it was in the wintertime. And we get to St. Louis and she was living in this like trailer, like double wide trailer with all these people. I come to find out now, I realized that it was a brothel. And so there were seven, several women in there and they, you know, dressed real skimpy. A lot of them, you know, they were dancers and and, you know, prostitutes and things of that nature. And, you know, there was drugs. And I, but I was like seven, eight years old. And, and my mom wanted to, me to be with her. And here I am at a little kid, just happy that my mom wanted me, mm-hmm. you know. And so while we're, while we're there, she had to go to work. And she worked at a strip club. And um, she was a dancer. And it was St. Louis, Missouri. And I'm telling you, I was seven, eight years old, and I remember this because it was very traumatic to me. And the club was called the Old Black and White Club or, or something to that effect. And so she had asked this lady to keep me. And this lady lived in that in the trailer park. And she had asked the lady to keep me. And um, so we go, she dropped me off. It is snowing, it is cold. <laughs> And she drops me off at the lady's house and she goes to work uh, at this club. Well, she didn't she didn't come back on time to pick me up and the lady didn't get paid and the lady put me out. I was a baby. I was a kid, seven, eight years old. And she put me out of her trailer. It was snowing like it was snowing like like it wasn't like little flurries. It was snowing. It's St. Louis, Missouri, and anybody ever been there in the winter, you know they get snow. Yep. And it was freezing cold. And I had on a little nightgown kind of thing, not even no jacket. Wow. And she put me out, and I was sitting on the steps of her trailer park home. And I was crouched up, uh, trembling, cold, and crying. And there was this man, I had to been out there probably, I'm thinking 20, 30 minutes, because I had to been out there long enough where I was shaking so bad that my tears was like icing up on my face. And um, this this guy in a Cadillac, a, a long, Fleet green looking Cadillac. Um, I know it was a Cadillac now, but he pulls up 
and he rolls his window down and he looks out and he said, uh, baby, why are you outside? And I said, my mommy left me here and the lady won't let me come in. And things like this, first of all, my preface is things like this happened to me throughout my life where my mom or my grandmother would leave me with people and I would get an abusive treatment. Mm-hmm. And which why which is why I used to love going to my aunt's house and with my cousins because I knew that I would be taken care of, right. you know. But so anyway, this guy he drives up in this this long car, green car, and he has on this this like pimp looking hat and he says, "Baby, why are you out here in the cold?" And I said, my mom left me here and the lady won't let me in and I'm crying and I'm shaking. And he says, who is your mom? And I told him what my mom's name was. And he said, "Mm, I know her. I know where she worked. He said, come get in the car and I'll take you to her. Now that could have went all kind of which way wrong sideways because I did not know this man, but I was a kid and I was cold and I was scared and it was dark. It was the 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 mid you know uh, right. dark midnight dark out there and so i get in the car with this man and i will never forget when i got in the car the song that was playing in the car was me and mrs jones and i don't know i know i'm dating myself but there's a song out there called me and mrs jones and i had never heard that song before and i get in the car and i thought oh man what a cool song Mm-hmm. song and I get in the car and when I get in the car the guy he takes his coat and he wraps his coat around me mm-hmm. and he sits me in the seat and you know back then there were no seat, seat belts and them yeah. bucket seats and stuff and he drives me and takes me to this club and he goes in and he gets my mom and of course my mom is high and he tells he's like you know your daughter's out here she's been sitting in the cold yada 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 and um, he gets her to get me and they take me back to to the trailer where she lives, which is the, the brothel house. And what I remember two days later is my grandmother and my aunt, my grandmother's sister, coming there and getting me. And I hugged my grandmother and I was crying and they brought me home. But I just remember at eight years old thinking I'll never be able to be with my mom because Mm -hmm. that was traumatic enough for me that I was too afraid to be back with my mom. I loved her. I wanted so desperately for her to be the mother that I needed. But I knew that point. I remember at eight years old, I knew at that very moment that my mother would never be the mother that I needed. Right. And That was a traumatic experience for me. I still remember the car. I remember the smells. I remember how I felt sitting in the cold. And I I remember the song on the radio. And I just remember thinking, yes. And I just remember thinking, I don't know if my mom loves me enough, but I have to love me enough Mm -hmm. not to put myself in that situation again. That caused traumatic and PTSD. Right. It really does. And I think that's why my kids say I'm so controlling. But I think because of all the things that I went through as a kid mm-hmm. with my mom and my grandma and all has caused me to be that hovering mom over them. Um, mine was absent. She 
that's all she was. She was absent. And a lot of it was because she was working so many jobs to, you know, try to make ends meet. Yeah. I just didn't understand how you could, like, the lights be off all the damn time and yeah. you working a whole bunch of jobs. But it could have been she really wasn't making that much money. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't have those type of, I mean, I put myself in danger more than my mother put me in danger. But but don't you think that we as kids, we put ourselves in just, danger trying to take care of our parents? Um, yeah, I agree. I put myself in danger trying to help my grandmother. Driving a car I don't have, mm-hmm. you know, a license or a bit shit. Didn't even know how to drive as mm-hmm. well as probably what I needed to. I just was being able to look over and see what people were doing. Um, I riding a, a bus downtown in the middle of the night and you're, you're young. Yeah. To get to wherever she's at so you can help her. Like, there's a lot of, a lot of different, she's put me in a lot of, stressful environments but do you think uh, that a mother's depression can be can seek into uh, or seep into their children because i know with me dealing early onset with us me dealing with depression from having a traumatic um childhood i do feel like that has effect has put an effect on our children i really do probably yeah i can see that i really do so not trying to be toxic in that way it was just what was what I was dealing with but I think that they like all of them have anxiety and I honestly believe that that anxiety has come from them seeing me with with anxiety because of my traumatic childhood or because of the things that has happened to me in my childhood I won't I wouldn't allow them well, to do gotta, certain you gotta, things. Your your children have had traumatic experiences on their own. I understand that. Which which are been through things. Mm-hmm. You I think our family has went through a lot mm-hmm. from from murder to losing grandparents early to uh sexual early. abuse, cousins, sexual, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of things. Brain surgery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's traumatic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have two kids that have brain surgery. Mm-hmm. Psh, yeah, it's that's traumatic. traumatic. Yeah, but, but it's, it's also traumatic as a parent. So yeah, you will hover a little bit because you're like, I don't. Yeah, but you're already there. Like for me, alcohol because alcohol. of my childhood, I think I didn't allow them to do some of the things that that they probably should have been able to do. Like you can't go spend the night here. You can't do this because of the things that has happened to me. And I think that's a, a, a fine line to kind of teeter on because just because it happened to you, you shouldn't strip your children of no, get, get what it. their childhood could be. But I found myself doing that. And with you being in the military and me being home by myself, I, I made those decisions and I'm not necessarily sitting here thinking, hmm, I don't know if those were the right decisions for them. Yeah, but that's also a learned behavior. If it's something, if 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 something happened to you as a child, it could mm-hmm. happen to your children. Yeah, and so you're protecting them. Yeah. So I just feel like the thing that that I understand now, or the thing that catapults me sometimes into anxiety, is I don't feel like any child should have to be the parent in their home to the parent. And I just, that is just a, 
I just feel like that's too. That's so much on a child. This world already has so much. I mean, much that's on one them. way. That's that's one way that parents are toxic. The other way is abuse. Yeah. Being absent. Mm-hmm. Toxic. Which is a form of abuse. Just right. being ab- not just being not there. Right. Your child just is left to to their own. And you if know? you have siblings. And the and oldest got to take care of the siblings. Si- got to yeah. take care of the siblings. Mm-hmm. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you can't go out and I watch them for an hour or two, you know, while I mean, you know, why, mm-hmm. why, why you're out. But look, if you if you want to go to the club and do all that kind of stuff, shouldn't have children. I mean, or because you children need to bring hire a babysitter. Sa- children bring to the point where you have to be able to sacrifice. And I and I know we're not saying that you should never go away or go to the club or go no. vacation. That's not what we're saying. We're saying the habitual behavior of always in a club, always drinking, always with a different person, and knowing you have children and leaving your children alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're saying. And we we don't have the answers at all. And we may get some hating, hating comments. <laughs> moving, uh, moving, moving guys in your home. Without vetting them. No. And you know. ha- have them take over your children's bedroom. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I've, I've seen I've seen that. Or, or like one of the topics that we got coming up where um um, every every guy that you bring in the house is is an uncle. Oh, that's your uncle. That's your uncle. That's a different topic. <laughs> yeah, but I've been through that. Yeah, I've been through that. Oh, you know, like, uh, then you, then they, yeah, everyone like mm-hmm. is your uncle yeah. or family. And you, and you just and gotta tell. be careful. We have to be so careful as parents. I mean, I, I I take on a lot. I take a blame. I take on the blame of a lot when it comes to the kids and. The things that they're going through. I'm always reevaluating myself. Like, did I do something wrong in their childhood? Could I have, could I have, you know, I don't know how that foreseed something? Could I have intercepted something? Could I have made a better? T- and I think I do it because you were always gone because you I were know, in the military, so you left it now? up to me. Because because I sit here right now making decisions in my life off of some of the traumatic things that happened to me under the, the tutelage of my parents and grandparents. But what I'm trying to say is how you could evaluate it and be like, OK, it ain't like you can say I'll do it different the next time. Ain't going to be no next time. That joke of 30, 45. Figure it out. Keep it moving. But it doesn't take away. It doesn't. That doesn't help to take away that pain and that hurt. And then we can't live in the past. I know that we can't live in the past. And I feel like I was a very, we both were very loving, giving parents. And I mean, we've had our circle and friends. Some the whole, of, some time, friends the have, whole time we were in Europe and we were, hell, we could say Europe. whole time we were overseas, it was almost eight years. We had like two babysitters. Yeah, we never went anywhere. We always had our kids with us. Always, always, always. And I was going to say, we've had people in our circle that has known us now for 25 years. More, way more, you know, for 90% of our marriage. Right. And have, they've always told us that you guys were great parents. You was always there for your kids. Y'all never went anywhere because they would invite us. And yeah. it was like, no, nah, if we can't bring our kids, then, I mean, we've been invited to weddings and they would be adult only weddings and we just wouldn't go. We sent a gift and 
we just wouldn't go, you know. And the whole time we was was overseas, we went out twice, and we got a babysitter twice. And I, we, I can tell you what no, those two can, times were. I can no, I can tell you we went out a couple times when Tanya came over because that's family. Because that was family. She, she sure stayed, did, and she, she stayed, stayed with, the with the kids. That's right. That's and right. And then we let her go out. That that's right. That's right. That's right. But I don't know. <clears throat> I can't sit here and say that was good or bad though, because it was probably I know some, good as a unit. Bad as you don't have no solo time, you know. We have no so, which probably it probably was great as a unit. You're right, but it was probably why we sit here right now, and we are each other's best friend, and we have a very small circle of people. I went out with my friends. You Mm -hmm. went out with your friends, Mm -hmm. but one of us stayed at the house. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But can your parents cause you? PTSD can a toxic like I'm telling you I have friends who will avoid talking to their parent will avoid talking to their mom and dad I sit here right now with a biological father that I absolutely do not want to speak to at all and I feel like his behavior is toxic and I mean I know that we have that coming up on another topic but his absentee and the small things that he's done to me has affected me mm-hmm. it's affected me to the point where I can't build a healthy relationship with my sister, you know, even though she is the light of this world. I just I, I think, can't build I think, it. I think women are different than men when it with comes the, to their parents. Yeah. I mean, because men, we kind of figure that out as a boy. Mm-hmm. You might be wondering. But then when you grow up to a certain age, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to maneuver, you know. Yeah. So you could at that point, you could probably care less about. I mean, you look back on it and be like, damn, Mr. Provider, like you could have right. did something. You could have did something yeah. different. But I mean, you, you're keeping it moving because you're trying to make your own scratch, trying to do your own thing, mm-hmm. uh, learn your own lesson, yeah. you know. But, but it, you know, I could do a whole. But as a but as a but as a woman, mm-hmm. I mean. Some women are built different and they're not a careerist. They're they want to attach themselves to a man and become have a family and just do a, and they're they're they they feel different. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. feel different about that because of the way they were raised. But I could do a whole series on the on the traumatic things that has happened to me as a kid coming up. Yeah. And how it has affected me yeah. in our marriage, how it has affected me as a parent. I mean, you know, you and I were having breakfast a few months ago before you got sick and I told you a story yeah, of what of first something, I ever heard yeah of something yeah. that happened to me which enlightened you on why I'm the way I am with our yeah. grand joys yeah. you know but I honestly can sit here and say that a parent who is toxic a parent who is defiant not defiant but a parent who just is having babies but and they love the idea of of being that parent or loving that child <laughs> But they don't want to put the work in. No. And it truly affects the child. And it's so unfair to our children that they grow up in this world and they feel like they're already in a traumatic 
tailspin because of the person that gave them life and brought them into the world. So I, you know, I just feel like PTSD comes in so many forms and it comes from so many different avenues. And a lot of people think that PTSD can only happen to our veterans and our service members. And it definitely does. We've worked with, Mm. with, with, um, with soldiers who have had it. You sit here right here Mm. with us and deal with it. But it just doesn't, it doesn't always happen to our soldiers. In our life, there are traumatic things that happens to us. And when it comes from a loved one, Mm-hmm. It hurts that pain. You just that's just a scar that just seems like it does not heal. Because as a child you long to have your mother and your and your father be what you need. But some of them just can't. Right. And you just have to give them grace and you have to forgive them and pray that you can move on and have a fruitful life. So I say to the parents out there who are really trying hard and who are doing the best they can with their kids, give yourself grace. Give yourself grace because we're all doing the best that we can. Love yourself more. Do the best you can. Don't self-sabotage yourself. Right. And don't become that toxic person to your children. Don't shit in their coat room. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But give yourself grace. Thank you, Mr. B. You're welcome. I think we could tackle this topic again and bring on a couple of guests to talk through this because I know we have people in our lives who have dealt with parents who have really put them in a bad way. Um, But we, we, we love everyone and we just... Wanna, we're just sharing our thoughts and our experiences and, and a little bit of our PTSD. Mm-hmm. We already talked about the coffee. Yep, we're done with the coffee. I'm done. It's a wrap for me. <laughs> See y'all next time. See y'all next time. Thank y'all so much for being with us and um, rocking with us on this episode. Um, can you get PTSD from a toxic parent? And our show notes on our website will put a few um, links in there and a few articles in there to help you kind of dissect this um, topic. Don't forget, um, email us at hello um, at diverselove.com or truthandcoffeetime at gmail. Check out our website, check out our blogs, um, our shop. Uh, We just put a new product out there um, at our shop for our podcasters out there. And uh, Black History Month is coming up. There are some things that we're going to put out there for Black History Month. So check those out. We absolutely love y'all for real. And we just want y'all to continue to hang with us because we got you. And thank you for listening to us as we tell our truth over coffee. Thank you, friends, for hanging with us. We got you. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And also, please follow us on IG, Facebook, and Twitter. Our social platform is at Diverse Love. That's D-I-V-E-R-S-E-L-U-V. And don't forget, you can listen to our podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Thank you, friends. We love y'all for real. Okay, me. Take us out. It's truth and coffee time. Help me not think about all my lows. Think of who you are sometimes. Girl, you always on my mind. Looking like it's truth and coffee time. Tell me what you really want to know.